Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! One of the five coveted golden tickets that was sitting on the door of Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. Why is this so funny to you? <laughs> I don't you broke on the word poor. <laughs> I think he's reached that point of being so tired that he's just insane. I, I don't know you why. You said poor happier than anyone has ever said the word poor before, except maybe Mitch McConnell. Definitely Mitch McConnell. I don't know. I, I love this film for the record, but reading the synopsis that you wrote just makes it sound so fucking ridiculous. A poor but I hopeful have, boy I, seeks one of the five <laughs> coveted golden tickets that will send him on want, tour of Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. I want to be really clear. All of these synopsi come from right IMDb. I didn't write shit. I didn't do fucking shit. Oh, God. <laughs> of course, uh, you can probably guess by that title there that tonight we're going to be talking about the 1990s classic Candyman here <laughs> on Extras and Epilogues. That's Lindsay's fault, to be fair. She sent me that I'm sorry. Right. If he didn't say Candyman, I was going to be sad, so I sent him a message earlier. Yeah, so that's, that's her fault there. No, uh, we're talking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory tonight here on Extras and Epilogues. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the theater. My name is Shannon Young. I'm going to be your host tonight. Of course, with me, I have Hunter Hendricks. No nostalgic November, baby. Yeah. Call and me Double H again. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Double H. Yeah, what do you want? Well, you, you're you on the show. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You, you're the host of the show. Yeah, well, that's your opinion. Also with us tonight, <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Wolfgong. It's her pick. Yeah, yeah, and I threw you guys a curveball because you didn't think this was what I was going to pick. We both thought it was going to be the same movie, and neither one of us thought this was the one. Yeah, here's the now, part I, I about that, Now, I will make the though. request to do that other movie around my birthday in February. You got to live that long. <laughs> so, the funny part about it is, last, I think it was last night I was talking to Lindsay, and she she was watching clips of The Last Unicorn, and she was like, I kind of want to do that one instead. I almost changed my mind. And I'm like, you got to make a decision. You can't, you can't do everything, Caitlyn Jenner. You have to pick a lane. Um... <laughs> You have got to stop reading the headlines on that Bing tab oh, of yours. Bing. Uh, no, anyway. I was I was watching animators watching The Last Unicorn for the first time, and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't do this because it's going to make me want to talk about it. But again, mm -hmm. I still have more nostalgia for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I I have <clears throat> never seen it, so wasn't I'm looking the, forward to February at this point. Wasn't the wizard in that film named like Smorkules? No, it's it's um. Smendrick. It's Smendrick. Sorry. I know Kaz will never listen to this episode, but that was for that was for Kaz. Yeah, so uh, it is Nostalgic November. Well, I've said that weird here on Podzilla Nostalgic. 1985. And we're, we're kicking it off with... Uh, and here's how it's going to work. 
So each week we're inviting our friends on to tell us about their favorite movie from when they were younger. Uh, what movie they are most nostalgic for. Lindsay's first on the yes. list because Nostalgic November is kind of her thing in the same way that uh, October is Tanner's thing. And, and to be fair, my thing and her thing at this point too because the three of us yep. have just kind of grafted ourselves onto October and made it our own. <laughs> well, November is definitely Lindsay's uh, territory. So she's up first and she picked Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the good one, not the weird Johnny yes. Depp one. Um, or which is called Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and sucks. Not the one that we talk about. <laughs> or, or the one that's coming up starring Timothy Chalamet, which I think is I, just called I am, Wonka, maybe? I'm intrigued about the new one. Mm-hmm. I'm still scared about it, but I still want to see it. They cast the wrong guy. Yeah. Who should it have been? Um, it's uh, I'm looking for his name. Jeremy Allen White. He plays Carmi on that show, The Bear. And I mean... If you told me that this guy was Gene Wilder's son, I'm just going to send you a link to okay. this. This is yeah, just a Google search link see. of the guy's face. Look at this this fucking dude and tell me that this isn't the guy. Damn it. So originally when I clicked it, it was just that picture Nate posted of uh, <laughs> trolling me. Oh, yeah, that looks right? just like that looks just like Gene Wilder. That literally yeah. looks like Gene Wilder's son. Yeah, that's right? that's crazy. But first of all, he's incredible in the bear. Uh, he was also on Shameless before that, and I hear he was very good on that too. I can't vouch for that; I've never seen it. Um, but those top few pictures are like more recent ones because that's what he looks like on the bear. Actually, you can see uh, on the second row to the right the one with the blue apron. That's, that's what he looks like in the show. Yeah, we've but, been watching hey. or we watched that show over the summer, and I was like, "That's just Gene Wilder." And that's just seriously. him reincarnated. And to be fair, Gene Wilder did have a body much like this. I just posted it in the chat. Uh, that was true. What, yeah, that's he what was, Gene he Wilder, was shredded. That's what Gene Wilder looked like under all cut. under those clothes. Yeah, no one ever gave him the credit because he was such a brilliant comedic actor. But right. anywho, anywho, uh, before anyway, we get into this, not the point. We'll talk about this tomorrow a little bit more. But a big round of applause to Podzilla 1985 for its fantastic October. Um, yes. I, I think yes. the best October we've ever had. Uh, not just because I thought the shows were great, because they were, but I'm also legitimately proud of us for sticking to the schedule every week. Every yeah. week. We did it We correctly. put out a lot of yes. content last month. Yes, and it was all we, themed. We did it last year, and it was close. And, I mean, we, we were scraping the barrel at some points. This yes. year, like, everything top was to top-notch. Yeah. And, again, we still got it out all, all out on time. Yeah. Like, that's just insane, wild as hell. I, I can't describe to our listeners how legitimately proud I am, everybody on the show, for what we did in yeah. October. Because it wasn't just me, Hunter, and Tanner. It was Lindsay. It was Shelby. It was Steven. It was Ethan. Jesse. Cody. Cody. Jesse. Kaz. Um, it was great. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and we're keeping the theme going this month with Nostalgic November uh, on Extras and Epilogues. We'll be talking about our, our friends' favorite films growing up, and every show is going to have a similar theme. Again, we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you to everybody for October. It was a great month. And now let's uh, yeah. let's let's make some magic here. So, talking tonight about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, released on June 30th, 1971, uh, starring the great Gene Wilder and a bunch of other people that I couldn't tell you who they were based on their pictures. I really couldn't. I literally <laughs> know nobody. Maybe Roy Kinnear. Jack, so the ones that are listed, Roy Kinnear is is of the like supporting cast, probably the most famous. But for the life of me, I can't remember what else he was in. Uh, Peter Ostrom plays Charlie. Uh, uh, Peter Austin plays Charlie. It's it's the only role he ever took. It's part of the the trivia there. Oh, he wow. uh, yeah. he was a child actor. Yeah, he, he plays Charlie. He plays the lead role, and it's the only thing that he ever did. Um, 
it says that he felt underwhelmed at the film's premiere. I was reading an interview and basically just, it had nothing to do with the film itself. It was just, he, he figured out, Oh, I don't really want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, with the money he made from being in this movie, he bought a horse and then he looked at that horse and went, I'd like to know how to fix those. And he became a veterinarian. So incredible in its own right there, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't include it there too, but one of my favorite little bits of trivia about him in general, he talked about how toward the end in the film, he and uh, Gene Wilder got to be pretty good, uh, buddies because of course he was the last kid standing so he was if they filmed it in sort of chronological order it was just them on the set a lot of times they would have lunch together and at the end of lunch every day they shared a chocolate bar for dessert and then when gene passed uh in 20 i think it was 15 or 16 um peter updated all his socials in his his bio to mention uh that he inherited a chocolate factory on it and it was gene wilder's death date oh. so because he gets he gets it when he passes. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Jack Albertson, for what it's worth, is Grandpa Joe, and he'd Grandpa been Joe. in a bunch of other right. stuff too. And off the top, he, of my head, he was I can't one of the more why, but... famous at the time in that film. <clears throat> yes. Like that's part of why they pulled yep. him in was it was a a name people at the time would recognize. And right. Funny enough, and in um, a role they wanted that to be the case with. Originally uh, cast as Willy Wonka in this film, but it fell through. Was Gene Wilder's partner in comedy, Richard Pryor. They wanted him to play <laughs> Willy Wonka, and well, see, his thing was he didn't want a somersault at the beginning of the movie. He wanted to set himself on fire, and they were like, "Richard, we you can't gotta, do that. you I, can't do that. It's they, no good." They also caught him free basing chocolate bars in the back, and that was just <laughs> let's not make fun of Richard Pryor. I like Richard Pryor, so no, that's, I, that's not what this. Let's show get was. real. Richard Pryor would make those exact. Richard same Pryor jokes would. About himself, oh no, so. his would be much more offensive. His would be much more offensive. That's true. That's, yeah. that's true, yeah. He would make fun of the fact that he was chocolate, and then I would go like, I'm uncomfortable right now, Richard, Pry- <laughs> Richard Pryor. Anyway. anyway. So, uh, Willy Wonka at the Chocolate Factory. 100 minutes of movie magic. And what, what makes me yes. sad is that I bet most people, most of the kids today, the kids know Willy Wonka from <laughs> memes. From that meme where Willy yeah. Wonka's... Yeah, yep, yep. They know Willy Wonka. <laughs> a lot of the times, what they'll do it with with pictures like that of on the internet, if you're familiar with it, is they'll take a picture from a film and a character. They'll attribute some quote to it or a joke that has nothing to do with what the character stands for. It happens all the time. Yeah. Not in this case because Willy Wonka was a sarcastic asshole. So in this yes. case, <laughs> it's actually accurate, and I appreciate that. Of. <laughs> uh, Budget versus box office. $3 million budget versus a $4 million box office. It did make money, but it, it wasn't a blockbuster. It's one of those movies yeah. that became a cult This hit. was... Yeah, I was going to say, this was one of the original movies. It did not get its following that... until home video and television... Well, yep. television reruns and then home video is where it... The, the television syndication is where it really got its cult following. And then when it 74. got a video release... Yeah. Mm-hmm dropped on vhs i think it was 81 it was like 10 years after the original run and it was one of the most commonly rented films across the country when it first uh yep. came out there i i distinctly remember the first time i ever saw this movie was in school and at that time it it even then i was like oh this is kind of an older it's kind of an older movie we're talking about in the 90s yeah i knew then that like oh this is like a you know a 20 year old movie okay that's longer than i've even been alive um <laughs> but then then what's weird was back then it didn't do anything to me today i sit down to watch it and i go how the fuck was this movie made in 1971 yeah I, are you serious right now like it's right. over what 50 years old at this point yeah mm-hmm. 52 oh that's 
wild. Oh, it's older than me, thank God. <clears throat> I can't wrap my this, head around. This is one of the earliest films I remember watching because we uh, we would rent movies from our public library a lot. My aunt worked there at the time. And yeah. I don't know whether my mom did it or whether my aunt did it, but they, they dubbed a VHS tape for me that had Sleeping Beauty, Mary Poppins, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory on it. And I would watch that thing beginning to end, rewind, and put it back on again. To the point oh, that yeah. in college, just for like shits and giggles, I put it in the VCR and I had watched that tape so much, it warped to the point that it would flash in and out between black and white and color. And mind you, these are all color films. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. No, that could have just been the movie. It did have that kind of um, really intense that visual kind of flair. Yeah. So <laughs> you never know. I, I, I'll be honest with you. This is one of those movies that I know I've seen. I can tell you what happens in it, I can tell you all the parts. Yet I can't recall once in my life when I watched it. So I don't. You probably caught it on TV a whole bunch of different times and not necessarily in one full setting. Or you remember me having it on in the background while you were doing other stuff because this is one of my go to films still for background noise if I just want music and a story that I already know. Well, I mean, sure. after, you know, Cheer Up Charlie because that part sucks. But everything else. See, as I've gotten older. <laughs> I appreciate that song more. It's still like the low point in the film personally, but I, I appreciate that song more as an adult. To me, every low point of this film is everything that Gene Wilder is not directly involved in. So basically... <laughs> when when Willy Wonka is not on the screen... Everyone should be asking. Shannon is asking, where is Willy, where is Willy, Willy Wonka? Wonka? <laughs> um, I, I hated this movie growing up. Of Well, not no, that's not true. I... I disliked this movie when I hit my anti-consumerism phase, probably somewhere between high school oh, yeah. and college, because this movie is based on candy and was, yeah. I mean, you know, is used to sell candy, kind of. Um, well, it tried to. The candy bar failed. <laughs> there was a mess up in the chocolate formula, so they melted and they didn't well, make yeah. it to shelves. All those kids died and they were in the chocolate bars. And then- and then they sold the uh, the name to a company based out of St. Louis, yeah, uh, which picked it up and made everything but chocolate. And now it's like a record breaking, you know, candy yep. company, which is because they're behind Nerds, if I remember correctly. Yep. Nerds are their thing. Nerds. They they made yeah. a version of Gobstoppers. They're, they're okay. They're not great. Plus, this yeah. movie promotes candy like it's goddamn religion. You know, it's like, hey, candy is the be all end all of life, and if you don't love candy. You're a communist, and you need to go back to Russia and eat your gazpacho or Gestapo. I forget what it's called. But Shannon, I really think Gestapo, you should watch Hunter. this movie again, like maybe before we do. I the want show. candy, bubblegum, and taffy. Not do any of that. It pr- every, get in my way. You're gonna get your ass beat. Every five seconds, Willy <laughs> Wonka is flashing a phone number on the screen for you to purchase pounds <laughs> of candy. <laughs> <laughs> one one guy in the movie acts like it's the greatest thing ever, and it's the guy at the beginning who's it's clearly the candy a dick man. because yeah, he's a dick. So first of all, he hits that little kid with the door. If you've ever <laughs> noticed it, watch that scene again when he opens yeah. the little door to Ooh. yeah, he, uh-huh. he, he totally straight up bops some kid. kid in the chin. Uh-huh. Um, and and then <laughs> we were talking about this when we watched it again. So when the kids get out of school. All the other kids, they come in, and this dude just literally starts throwing candy at him like a fucking yep. pedophile. Like, he's just, just <laughs> handed it out yep. left and right, yep. not asking for money. Charlie comes in and asks for one chocolate bar, like, and immediately <clears throat> the guy goes, ahem. Uh-huh. <laughs> come on, man. And then still get the second one out of him because he gets change. Yeah, because he, he charges him for that one, too. Not to mention, he tells him not to eat it too fast and all that. Like, it's, 
That guy's a dick. I don't like that guy. <laughs> I think I like he sucks. all of the various parodies that have existed over this film more than the film itself. This is one of those movies that is a, it's like a pop culture icon. I, I could think of how many shows and movies that you think of that is referenced since. Probably my favorite, of course, is going to be Futurama with the Slime yeah. Factory. Um, they even had their own little. They even had their little Willy Wonka slurm, and they had their own version of the Oompa Loompas, which was funny. Um, I still remember. Simpsons I think Duffland is about the same. Uh, family Guy, <laughs> was it Paul Tucker Pat guy. Or, or something like that? They, yeah. they they did a Paul Tucker Pete. Paul Tucker Pete. They had a full on uh, thing with that, where Cheech Marin shot him. Still don't understand that reference, but okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you know your ul- your Pat. ultimate favorite is in Botchamania because it's Taz. It is Pat. That, You're right. <laughs> That is, uh, you could have told you could have told me it was uh, Paul Tuckett uh, patriarchy, and I would have been like, "Yeah, that sounds right." <laughs> it's been a while since that I've seen Family accurate. Guy. Yeah, Bacha Mania. One of my favorite bits from that is whenever they introduce Taz. It's that scene of the Oompa Loompa opening the door coming and, and, out of the door yeah, for the first time. <laughs> it's Taz. And I'll say this now. I'll say this now and get it out of the way. Um, in talking about the the other versions of Willy Wonka, we'll I'll, we'll actually talk about the Tim Burton nightmare fuel version here in a second. But the new Wonka film that's coming out, we have to. I oh yeah, because I want to make fun of it. I don't. I I don't. I don't want to see it. Honestly, I like Timothy Chalamet for the record. I do. I think he's a great actor. Um, he's fantastic. Yeah. But the only thing I want to see in that movie, the only thing that looks in the slightest bit entertaining to me. Is Hugh Grant? Hugh ja- uh, not Hugh. Hugh Grant. I almost said oh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is the Oompa Loompa. Loompa. <laughs> That's the most jacked Oompa Loompa you've ever seen. It's Taz, basically. Yeah. It's Taz. He. It, it. It does look funny. It looks funny in the same way that that stupid Wish movie coming out with the the animal that gets the deep voice is unfunny. It's yeah. the opposite of that. Aww. So I'm sorry. That looks terrible. That movie looks terrible. So what you're telling me is the rest of this year, I'm going to the movie theaters by myself if I go to the theater. For the most part, we go to the movie theaters by ourselves anyway because we have very different views on films. Uh, and it, I like I like blood and guts. You like, I don't know, animated sticks that sing. I don't know. Animated sticks that sing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, look, man, stop giving DreamWorks ideas. We don't need... <laughs> right? We, we don't They're need specifically the musical. <laughs> They're going to make a movie just called... Now, wait a minute. It's just called You Sticks. wait a damn minute. <laughs> now I kind of do want Stickly the musical. <laughs> I pulled another deep cut, right? That's two different things. Yeah. I had a stick there. I made one. No, no. This I would, sent one into the, the show. Point. This would be Hell sticks, yeah. and it would be different version of sticks. There'd be different sticks from different trees, and one's like a punk rock stick, and has like a mohawk with leaves. One's like really old. One's old, and like gnarled. And then there's the fat stick. <laughs> For That's some reason, he's just a fat stick. Yeah, he's a stump. <laughs> they call and his name Stumpy. What the okay. hell are we talking what, what is about? happening? <laughs> I'm so... I don't know what any of this shit is, and I'm fucking scared. Sticks the movie. And then Sticks is on the soundtrack, oh. and they do... They do... God damn it. <laughs> I can't. I, was, I can't with this garbage. I was going to make a, a reference to one of their best... Yes. One of their most famous songs, but I was going to tra- turn it into like a stick song, but I couldn't think of a single stick song. Nothing Somebody is listening to this right now going, this is just toilet sound. <laughs> it's all horses in there. <laughs> Good lord, it's just horses. All right, so let's get back to anyway, Walk of the Chocolate Factory. Uh, this was based on the, I can never pronounce this game, this guy's name right, Roald, Roald, just do it. Roald Doll. Roald Doll. 
based on the Roald yeah. Dahl book, who also did. So I he believe, did actually do the screenplay because I thought somebody else did the screenplay, the screenplay, and they said, "So you haven't read the book? Okay, don't read it." But I'm thinking that I'm probably mixing that up with a Disney film. No, he he wrote the he wrote the screenplay. Okay. Now he didn't like the way it ended up. Of course, the gap between screenplay and director is fairly vast. Um, and and he still didn't like the way it turned out. Now, what's weird about that is that there are pictures of him on set looking like he's having a great time, and he wrote the screenplay, and yet he still didn't like the way it turned out. Mel Stewart is the guy who directed it. I didn't include him there because he's not particularly famous as a director or super well-known. Um, the most notable thing about him is the bit at the end. After they cast Gene Wilder, it's that uh, Wilder said, okay, I'll do it, like but this. on one condition. When I come out for the first time as Willy Wonka, I limp until suddenly I stumble forward into a somersault and reveal I'm not hurt. And the director goes, why? And he goes, because from that point on, no one will know if I'm lying or telling the truth. And Mel Stewart still asked him again. So basically you're telling me if we don't do this, you're not going to do the picture. And he goes, I'm afraid that I'm telling the truth <laughs> about but, that. But uh, And he was right. He wasn't. It was a great move. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't That's telling one the truth. That's one of the most memorable parts of the film. Everything yes. with also Gene one of the. Oh, yeah. It's also one of the times that they didn't tell anybody what was going to happen. So when he yep. comes out that way, they just thought he was going to walk up to the gate. And uh, some of the kids were interviewed like years later for anniversary, you know, looking backs on the film type thing. And uh, one of them said outright, like, we were literally sitting there going, oh, God, we're going to have to delay filming because he's hurt. <laughs> They're never going to put this in the movie. And then he somersaulted and I, it's a styrofoam brick. He sticks the cane in. Yep. By the way. I, 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 I love that. I stand by the fact that like. This movie on its own is good. It's a good film. I do like this movie. But if you take Gene Wilder's performance as Willy Wonka out of it, it goes, to me, well, we'll talk about ratings here in a second. To me, it goes from a really good movie to a average family film. It's it's Gene Wilder's snarky attitude that. that makes this film work in the same way that like if, yeah. if someone else was playing Wonka, it could be a completely different film. It, it's the same as they go back to our episode with uh, Shelby about Beetlejuice. Take Michael Keaton and the way he performed as Beetlejuice out of that role, it, it would feel like a different movie. Um, Gene yeah. Gene Wilder is what made this film likable for me because well, otherwise, be it's it's a standard, it's a stock standard. All the, the the main kids always optimistic and happy. Um, it's it's uneventful. It's eventful, but it just doesn't interest me. But Gene Wilder's performance as as the snarky host that's what sells it to me. That sarcasm, that wit, that's what I love most about this film. And to be fair, what's true of of that for this movie, and then also true for Beetlejuice, so there's a pattern here, is that those are title characters. I mean, if they're yeah, in the right. title of the movie. Yeah, they're going to have to be critical casting choices. And in both cases, they made the right choice. Which I, I think, interesting to note that it's based on the book. Of course, the book is actually called, correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie and the Chocolate it's, Factory. It's right. not called and Willy it's, Wonka. It's inspired by. The other one is more, the, the one from the 2000s is more based yes. on the book. And I can't stress enough, again, it sucks. It's bad. It's so, bad. Oh, that's, I yeah, think, that I think that's I've never read the book, but I have a I have a bad feeling that it tells me something about the book. Well, I know there's certain things I'm pretty sure they added to that film just based on Tim Burton's likings. Like the whole dentist thing, was that actually in the book? Lindsay, have you read the book? I have no I've idea. never read the book. I, the biggest thing I know the difference is in the original book, uh, Veruca's part really was with squirrels and nuts, not with golden eggs and geese. Like Yeah. Uh, Charlie's uh, Charlie's dad apparently is very much alive and around in the book, but they wanted and, him. Um, 
they wanted him gone in the movie because they wanted Wonka to feel in the first movie anyway. They, they wanted, wanted Wonka to feel like a father figure. figure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also love the SNL uh, spoof with I believe Kristen Stewart as uh, Charlie, who when the old people oh and Grandpa Joe <laughs> just gets up and they start dancing. And she's and you she's, just freaking walk. Yeah, that was that was good stuff. So uh, you're 20 minutes into this, wondering, okay, but I've never seen Willy Wonka on the Chocolate Factory. What the hell are you guys even talking about? It's the story. Right, it's a terrible idea to be here, first of all. So yeah, go watch the movie. Go watch the movie. Always, <laughs> always, we're gonna ruin all of it. Do what I don't do. Watch the movie before you come to this show. <laughs> And I really need to start doing it. But a lot of the times I'm like, no, I remember this movie. I'll, I'll pick it off memory. If and I wasn't working open to close today, I totally would have watched it before we did this. Maybe but I was a dummy and had a long shift. On some movies, it's a better idea to just live in the memories. See dog soldiers. But what is, <laughs> what is this film about? So Charlie, who's poor, which is very funny, uh, he earns a uh, – he gets a ticket to go to Willy Wonka's uh, to his, his chocolate factory to take a tour – and uh, if I remember correctly, there's some kind of grand prize for one lucky kid. It's a lifetime. Su- well, no, they all Fly are five. supposed to get a lifetime supply of chocolate. Yeah. yeah. And there's only five tickets. So the entire world was going insane. And those segments on their own were also hilarious. Okay. Like the woman whose husband got kidnapped and she her, the okay. ransom was a box of chocolate bars. Okay, and on. they're like, ma'am, it's your husband's life or your box of Wonka bars. And she's like, how long will they give me to think about it? Okay, hold on. So mm-hmm. earlier I said that this movie promoted candy and you guys were like, that's like one guy. It sounds to me like the whole goddamn world runs on candy in the same way that the Pokemon <laughs> world runs on Pokemon. They- they promote Wonka, not so much the candy. They oh, promote golden the tickets. That's important. Fair. Right, that's fair. right. It's the Wonka yeah. brand that's important there, not so much okay. the candy in so general. Answer me this, um, because I this is a legitimate question. Legitimate question, because I really don't know the answer to this. Were Wonka bars and Wonka candy legitimately around during that time period, or was this made before Wonka no. was its own brand? No, they were made afterward. Okay. And they like they were said, making they them first... to go with the candy, and they failed. Right. Yeah, because when they first put them out, they they melted on the shelves. The formula was off, and they kind of just pulled them pretty quickly. Um, they they do now again exist. I, I looked yes. it up earlier, so apparently under the Wonka brand is uh, Gobstoppers again, mm-hmm. Nerds, uh, Sweet Tarts, yeah, Laffy Taffy is all. They had candy bars when I was yeah. in like high school and college. They were okay. They were kind of like. Um, they were like uh, Nestle Crunch bars with like caramel added into them, and you could get ones that had nuts and stuff. But they were they were kind of mediocre chocolate, to be perfect. The uh, the scrumdiddlyumptious one he eats in the movie looks like it has like nougat or marshmallow or something in it. I, I don't I don't know what it actually is, but it definitely has yeah. like something like a white like a cream filling of some kind. So uh, Charlie and these other kids, the other kids are more interesting than Charlie in every way. Um, they all go to the chocolate factory. They meet Willy Wonka, played by the great Gene Wilder, in one of his best, most iconic roles. And one by one, the children do stupid things and get themselves what I assumed was killed. Even as a child, I thought they were killed. Apparently they're not, but I've yet to see proof that they weren't. And uh, We it, get told that they will be fine and they'll go home and they'll go back right. to being their oh, perfectly sure. rotten selves. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just like my dad told me that all those cats went to the farm where they could <laughs> run around and... The only one I don't know uh, whether or not – well, I don't know. Uh, Veruca goes to the freaking incinerator, so who knows. Um, <laughs> but it but, only gets lit but, every other Tuesday, so. Right, so she's got a sporting <laughs> chance. Uh, or no, it's I think it's every other day in general. And so he's like, you know, yeah. they got a 50. they got a sporting chance. Um, 
is is Mike TV because he says to the Oompa yeah, take him to the stretching room, and then he says something else to him, and he goes, "Won't hold you." No, of course not. I won't hold you liable. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? See, it's that it's that dark sense of humor that I really loved about because this is a family yes. film, one hundred percent. Yes. But the dark humor is everywhere, and it's all coming from Mister Willy Wonka. I don't. I don't no, want to jump ahead uh, in terms no. of in terms of reviews, but under the critical reception. So the only thing that had uh, online that had a set for this was Rotten Tomatoes. Usually we also have like Metacritic and Cinema right. Score, but it's an older movie and it doesn't have as much. Right. Roger Ebert, one of our heroes that the, inspires this show, absolutely uh, said outright in his four out of four star review. He literally gave it the highest review he could. Quote: Probably the best film of its sort since The Wizard of Oz. It is everything that family movies usually claim to be but aren't. Delightful, funny, scary, exciting, and most of all, a genuine work of imagination. So even he understood, Agreed. like, yeah, a movie like that has to get kids' attention, and it's not always going to be puppies and rainbows. Like, it needs to be a little, a little dark and a little wild, and occasionally you need to wonder where that boat is going when it goes into that tunnel. And why and I'm watching a caterpillar cross across guys, yeah, I in the background. Like, what the hell is going on? One of my favorite reviews by Roger Ebert, it has nothing to do with this particular episode, but I just want to mention, when he reviewed the original Batman by Tim Burton, he gave it, I think he gave it two stars out of four, or maybe uh, thumbs down. I forget what he was doing exactly at the time. But he mentioned how, you know, sad it must be to be this character and have all these gadgets and all this stuff and it be such a depressing film. And I remember when I was younger thinking, like, that's ridiculous. The Batman's awesome, you know, and I kind of get it what he's saying now. You know, there has to be a little fun. There has to be some, there, there's got to be some light in the dark. So I understand that. And I appreciate the fact that in this film, he saw the opposite. You got to have some dark with the light. You got to have some you gotta you gotta break a few kids if you want to make a good family film and they broke these kids in great ways he gave it he gave it two or he gave it a thumb up but he gave it two stars out of four i'm looking for the section you were talking about because i wanted to have the exact quote but i do not sorry i got that much for you anyway (laughs) also if you ever get a chance i know this is off topic but we're talking about roger ebert if you ever get a chance to watch his documentary um it's it's great it's well worth it it was was fantastic it's great but it's heartbreaking at the same time it's yeah. heartbreaking to go back and watch Siskel and Ebert, especially after Siskel was, you know, basically dying, um, and, yeah. and he still tried to do the show. Uh, that, that, that's not this show. That's not this show. Maybe we'll do that whole show sometime. <laughs> um, so, in the end, Willy Wonka uh, basically, you know, I mean, kind of plays the kid and makes it seem like he's not getting anything, and an act of kindness by Charlie inspires Willy Wonka to give him the whole shebang. He inherits the factory everybody's happy except for the kids that definitely died and um, <laughs> movies over and everyone's standing applause uh did you i know, miss anything morality test it is it's morality a, test it's a morality test for sure I, i'll say this. off the top of my head the only thing i i always find weird watching this movie <laughs> is you did it charlie you won you get the factory now let's get in this elevator <laughs> and shoot out the roof of the factory <laughs> that you own Good luck fixing that. <laughs> and also, where are we going? Literally, no one knows. Yeah. That man I feel was like a they changed the, the ending quote also, because like originally it was supposed to be something else before the. Uh, you know what after. happened to the man who gets everything he wants? Like it was, yeah. it was, it was a different quote originally, and I don't remember what it is. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. It's I a good know. quote though, with the way they do yeah. it, you know, with him saying he lived happily ever after. Um, Roald Dahl hates it for what it's worth uh, and we were talking about that earlier he hated it so much he refused to sell the studio the rights to the sequel 
because there's another book called Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator, which goes right along with what we just, you know, talked about the ending of this one. And uh, he was like, nope, you can't have it. And so it never got a sequel. Not that it was going to get one, because, again, in this movie theater, bombed. it made nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. technically not a bomb in the sense it lost money, but, I mean, there's a lot of movies yeah. now, when you think of them, that in your head you're like, oh, that was a hit. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the thing. Yeah. Uh, but they weren't. Fight they, Club. Fight Club. Fight Club, famously, not yeah. a not a big hit of the theater. Um, and, and I don't know if this holds true uh, for what it's worth. I don't work in the freaking industry. You guys know this. Um, but I used to do a lot of this stuff when I was in radio. I looked up a lot of these numbers, and I, I was constantly talking about this stuff on the air. I don't know if it holds true for older movies, but years ago, not too many years ago, five, ten years ago, the rule of thumb was that it needs to make approximately its budget and a half to break even because usually budget doesn't include marketing. marketing. Budget yeah. is production costs and, uh, you know, hiring actors and all of that kind of stuff. So whatever the budget is, take that, add a half to it. It needs to make that much right. just to break even. So to make, you know, 4 million is not quite enough even to break even yeah. from the sound of things. And that's, uh, that's before, you know, it's kind of skewed nowadays because movies can bomb at the box office in America and still make a shit ton of money in China or one sure. of the other countries. World of Warcraft, or yeah. I'm sorry, not World of Warcraft. Warcraft is a great example of that. They're talking about making a sequel. The movie didn't do great in America. It wasn't a horrible bomb, but it wasn't successful. But it was so successful in China, that money makes up for that stuff. And a lot of the times, they will you know more or less make movies that appeal to china i mean look at transformers you know and and yeah. and when john cena had to make a public apology to china because of, <laughs> of his stance on taiwan um or not taiwan was it taiwan or hong kong i forget just taiwan it was taiwan, it was taiwan. Yeah, yeah yeah uh but uh, you know this movie again i like this movie a lot it's a lot of fun if it didn't have gene wilder in the in the role i wouldn't like it nearly as much uh, we'll give our reviews real quick, a thumbs up and thumbs down. Of course, the way we do it here on the show, as the the greats do, two thumbs up, you love it. One thumb up, you like it. One up, one down, you're neutral. One down, you didn't like it. Two down, you hate it. Um, this movie for me, if it did not have Gene Wilder, if it did not have Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka, which <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Bloody did does. not because it had Johnny Depp and that <laughs> wow. was bad. If it didn't have Willy Wonka in the role, it'd be a thumbs down for me. With with uh, Willy Wonka, with John, Gene Wilder in the role. With Gene Wilder, I'm giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, that's a whole two steps for a guy who absolutely deserves it. Um, I also, I'm going to land on a single thumb up here. Uh, as much as I do like this movie, and, and again, I grew up with it, and Gene Wilder's performance is incredible. Just sat and watched it, and the only thing that I don't, like the only thing I actively skip is cheer up Charlie. That song from his mom does nothing. I used me. to too when I was younger. I just I can't I can't sit there and sit there. And I also was trying to save time, and I was like, I don't need to hear this part. We can <laughs> we can move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, there's no part of me that needs to to otherwise um, like skip over it or like I can sit there and, and joke about how you know oh the, the candy store guy's a dick or like oh yeah that really you know works but it's a living cartoon I mean the whole movie's a living cartoon it's meant yeah. to be that way Things. a man eats a microphone like 20 minutes into the movie yep. you gotta have some suspension yeah. of disbelief at a certain point here the, um, the incompetent teacher of two I can't do two <laughs> I, I, I would also I'm like to say it's 200 I would also like to point out <laughs> Um, it's not a horror film, 
but if you've ever watched people's online recuts of certain scenes, it <laughs> very much it feels like way. Hunter, oh, yeah. Hunter mentioned yeah. it earlier. The part where they're on the, the boat is such a yes. surreal, terrifying scene. Like, yes. And Gene Wilder plays up Willy Wonka's absolute madness so, in that part. And it's so, creepy okay. and the lyrics to the song that he sings, Marilyn Manson reuse later in one of their songs. <laughs> I promise I will I will get back to my, my full review in a second, but there are four scenes in the whole movie where people didn't know what was going to happen on set. Walka's first appearance, the boat ride, uh, and actually, if I'm doing it in order, it's Walka's first appearance, the chocolate room, the first time they opened that, that reaction shot of everybody walking in. I knew that Nobody one. other than Wilder knew what, what that was going to look like. So those are real reactions on the parents and the kids' faces. Um, the boat ride to the point that one of the kids knew he was like supposed to do something but didn't know he was going to do it the way he did and one of them said that one of the adults went oh my god he's gone psychotic like they really <laughs> thought Gene Wilder just had a break and just started getting wild uh, wilder uh, wilder yeah uh, <laughs> and uh uh, the last one is the the scene in the office at the end, which, by the way, the only reason they saw it, all that stuff in half was because the director goes, well, we can't just have him be in a normal office. Uh, cut it all up. Like, they had no other ideas. Like, just saw it, it all in half. So, um, uh, yeah, they, they um, Jack Albertson and, and Peter Ostrom did not know that uh, Gene was going to yell at them, basically, that he was going to get as intense as he was. For what it's worth, Gene Wilder was very vehemently against that one. Yes, he, he very much was like, I do much. not want to yell at these people, especially at this kid. <laughs> and the director was like adamant, like, I gave you the somersault. You got to do this. You owe so me one. We get it's the Vincent man. Reaction. You owe me one. If I remember yeah. right in the interviews afterwards, once the once they did cut, he's like, are you OK? I didn't I think this yes. was just. <laughs> yeah, immediately he was like apologetic and was asking him. Because, again, by this point, these guys are having lunch every day. They're sharing a chocolate bar for dessert. Like, he did not want to do that. Because it's still um, a kid. The kid could be an actor all he wants. But I, he's still a kid. And he didn't want to be because he quit after this movie. <laughs> Probably because so. Gene Wilder yelled at him. <laughs> it hurt him it really so bad. bothered him. He's uh, got to find a way so. to make money on that horse. He really wants to. <laughs> he really wants to. So anyway, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's a. I think it's a single thumb up for me. I think that's fair. Uh, I, I can't personally put this movie on the level of, a, for me, like a Ghostbusters no, or a Beetlejuice. of course not. Um, but it also is, like Lindsay said, it's one of those movies that when I had cable, if it was on, you don't scroll past it. You go, well, this is what we're doing for the next hour and a half. Yeah. Um, or you at least watch that scene and then go on if nothing else. Like, Right. If you're if you're in a hotel and you're skimming through the channels and this is on, yep, that's what we're watching. Like, this is what we're going to have on. I could easily have put it on in the background while uh, we were watching it this afternoon, not paid a single bit of attention and still known everything that was going on. To me, um, this movie is better than any Pixar film that's ever been made, except for the ooh, up, except for the uh, upcoming Sticks, which is starring Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh bullshit! Pixar would never touch that. DreamWorks. That's a DreamWorks. <laughs> Pixar will make a movie called Trees that will make a billion dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I could go that far, but I would have to sit and think about it. It is, it is definitely more memorable to me, and it's definitely a bigger part of my own childhood. Maybe again, I, I'm just, I watch it in school all the time. So. I'm just jaded. I'm very jaded in a lot of ways to the movie industry and to, and to, no, to, to entertainment. I know, I know. 
Uh, so to me, this movie feels more sincere, partially because of Gene Wilder's yes. performance. I can't yes. think of another Pixar film that I've ever seen a character in it that I was like, I like that character. He he strikes me as sincere. This doesn't feel like they're just shoveling out the same shit to make a billion dollars, and they actually care about the story. Like uh, Lindsay liked that movie Elemental or Elementals or whatever. No, oh. can't can't do it. Can't do any of them. Not at all. I don't care how many you old men. You know nothing about it. Oh no! I watched I watched the commercial and I saw a review. That's all I needed. I have an opinion. Okay. I'm an American. I could base my opinion on next to nothing, and because Again, I'm a white male, also, age 28 to 44. I went to school for animation, so I like to watch yeah. different white animated films and see Christian what they're doing. Man, Lindsay. Yeah, I know you're a white Christian man, and now you got to go out the window. This is bullshit. <laughs> You're just nailing this, by the way. I anyway, hope, yeah. I hope nobody goes to see this stupid fucking movie. <laughs> it's it's funny that I feel like me giving a single thumbs up and you giving a single thumbs up is still at two ends of the single thumbs up spectrum. Yes. But yeah. I, I, I I think you're right on the cusp of you want to go neutral, and I'm right on the cusp of I want to go with two. So it's I'm gonna say that out loud, but at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the single and one. the and the oompa loompas. Um, I also found them to be funny. That might yeah. that might say something about me, but uh, my favorite my favorite bit of trivia about them is that this movie was mostly filmed in Germany. Um, they wanted that 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 little village that they're in is clearly German when you look at the houses. Yeah. Uh, Wonka's factory is like the neighborhood gas works or something. Apparently, like it looked really you know majestic and cool. So they just put Wonka stuff all over it. But they also hired a lot of local German um, dwarves, like little people, or I, I forget what the proper term is now. I don't know. Anyway. Um, to play like the extra Oopaloopas in the background. So if you watch their mouths when they're doing the songs, a lot of them just straight up don't know the lyrics <laughs> because they don't know English. No English. And so the five or six that are up front are like doing it. And you watch the ones in the background, and this is not great for the the <clears throat> visual component for the audio podcast, but they're just going like. It's uh, yeah. it's that Beavis and Butthead joke <laughs> from uh, Cold I'm in the D. Have to pay I, did you say Beavis to Butthead? No, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> two Beavis, two Butthead. Beavis to Butthead sounds like a very emotional film, but it's the in the it's so Cold in the D music video where he says, "I think that chick in the background's dancing to a different song." <laughs> that's the Oompaloopas in that. Uh, that's another thing. Not to not to we get to Lindsay's thoughts here, but not to stress or really you know ridicule the Tim Burton film because it's awful. But another thing I hated about that version of it was the fact that they got the same actor to play all the Oompa Loompas. And I hated yeah. that. That that was they weird. Digitally copied, and it yeah. was weird. And Roy it was stupid. Deep, Roy Deep. Yeah. 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 And I, I like Roy Deep. I think he's well, a good actor. He did a bad yeah. job. It was just, it was, it was awkward just, just being it was stupid. digital clones. It was lazy, too. Yeah, very. I don't know. Very. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, actually, about something. I've never seen that movie. We saw it in theater. <laughs> I just, just yeah. I've I've seen clips. I dragged of it. Like, him to the theater to it. do it, and we both regretted it. Yep. Yeah, I I've seen enough of it to get the gist. I think I can make an informed opinion having seen the clips I've seen. But yeah, I've never sat down to watch it, and I, I have. I no like it visually, that movie, so. and that was about it. So yeah. before we get I, to Lindsay's views, real quick, uh, you said it, and I'm just curious. I'm just curious off the top of your head. What's the worst movie you've seen in theater? What's the one you regret the most? Because I already could tell you the worst movie I ever saw in theater. It used to be uh, Fear.com. But then Lindsay made me go watch Cars 2 in theater. And I hated Cars 2 <laughs> so Locked much. that from my memory. I wasn't even going to say that one. I hate Cars That's 2. That's how bad that was. I blocked. Pixar doesn't even um, talk about that one. So the most the most recent one that I remember going, boy, I wish we hadn't spent money on that, was The Eternals. 
Uh, but it's definitely not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's easily the worst Marvel movie. Uh, but we we saw that on like a double feature day because we went and watched Ghostbusters Afterlife for the second time. Yeah. And we saw Afterlife first and Eternals afterward. Eternals is like three hours long. Yes, it and is. it's so boring. There's nothing yeah. going on in that movie. Yeah, unless you're um, paying attention, you're like, what? Never seen it. I mean, even I, I, I'm gonna tell you a secret, Lindsay. When you are paying attention, you're like, what <laughs> is happening? Um, that wasn't so, yeah, that bad. Wasn't but, but Blade was in there. <laughs> it was boring. Yes, Blade, Blade wasn't. Blade it wasn't in there. It's the just end, or, yeah. Anyway. Um, no, probably the, the one I historically remember, and I think Sarah would back me up on this. Her light's on, actually. I'm half tempted to be like, hey, come down here and confirm this. Because um, I, I just saw it a little while ago when I, uh, a few days ago, and I turned on the TV to start up the Xbox. Uh, it was on some random streaming channel, Wolf Creek. That oh, Australian. Australian? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I've never watched so it. So that was another that was another time where, and I, I don't know what the other movie was, but this is way back when Sarah and I were dating when that came out because it was in the mid-2000s. We went um, to Jonesboro, Arkansas, like a little ways away from her hometown, uh, and saw two movies that day. We went and saw a movie, we went to dinner, and then we went and saw another movie. Wolf Creek was the second one, and I remember, like, it was supposed to be so scary, man. And, like, halfway through it, we were just like, why? What am I supposed to be? It's a man with a gun. Ooh. I mean, that is scary, but, like, <laughs> in the outback, like, oh. And there's a lot more okay. things that can kill you in the outback than just a gun. Right. If I'm going to Australia, man, give me a spider the size of my fist. Like, that's terrifying. And that's not even exaggerated. That's just a spider in Australia. Right. Yeah. That's just one that just walks into your house. Lindsay, before and you... And then it's his house now. Yeah. <laughs> he technically owns it. <laughs> Lindsay, before, uh, before you give us a review, what's the worst movie you've seen in theater? Well, now that you brought Cars 2 back up, I almost have to say that, but seeing that I blocked it from my memory, um, I don't know that it would be the worst, but it's the one I hated the most at the time because it wasn't my sense of humor back then. But if I rewatched it now, I might actually like it. But I hated the cable guy oh, when my cousin whoa. Sarah dragged me to it. Like, it was uh, not my sense of humor back then at all. But can't... I think if I rewatched it now, I would probably like it. Yeah, and Cable Guy is also a very divisive movie. You yes. either like that movie or you straight up do not. Oh, I hated like it, it. I was not a yeah. Oh, see, I, I yeah. thought a middle uh, ground movie. I thought she was going to say The Hills Have Eyes because I remember her. Oh not no, that's the first, that that's the movie, only movie I almost walked out of because I was that uncomfortable. Yeah, Shanna, frankly, you should be proud of me because I did. We did see ghostbusters 2016 in theaters yeah i was hoping you weren't gonna say it like i literally was waiting for you to say it i really was I mean, um, again i as much as i didn't like that movie at least it had like like vestiges was, of things i like was, i would watch that again before i'd watch wolf creek Let's yeah that way. i i think horror horror comes in two flavors it either comes in really good or cars too and from what I understand, <laughs> Wolf Creek was definitely Cars too. All right, and they made it's a sequel to that, by the way. Did you know that? Oh, I know. Ugh. Oh yeah. Ugh. All right, Lindsay, yep. what's uh, what do you got on on uh, Ghostbusters twenty sixteen? That's oh, not I mean, what we're talking about. Willy, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> well, obviously for me, and, it's two uh, thumbs up. Like this film is always <laughs> in my top five favorite films of all time. Yeah, like, I assumed since it, you fucking picked it that you were going to give over it a good the last deal. unicorn, no less. <laughs> right. 
I, again, this has more nostalgia for me. Like, as stupid as it is, one of my favorite memories of this film was, like, when I was in high school, I could quote this thing. Like, you turn it on at any point, and I could tell you the next lines. And I remember it was, like, November-ish. This film would always run on TV, whether it's, like, USA or T TBS or whatever. It would be on one of the stations around Thanksgiving. And my mom was in the living room with it on, and I was in my bedroom with the door open, and I could hear the TV. And I'm sitting in my room quoting it, and she yells at me, either quit quoting it or get out here and watch it with me, because I was irritating her saying the line before it happened. That was us when we watched Blazing Saddles at Jesse's house one night. Or, or <laughs> I think it was Dombox, actually. We just, me, him, and Kevin just sat there quoting the film before they said anything. Now, the funny thing is Jesse and I quoted it correctly. Kevin, notorious for getting quotes wrong. wrong. <laughs> notorious for it. so anyway i had forgotten how much by the way he uh willie wonka quotes shakespeare i mean i knew a lot of the yes. stuff he said it was quotes anyway but i didn't realize until you know now that i'm uh, far more acquainted with shakespeare than i used to be how much of that stuff was i had to go back and look and there's like five or six of them that that come from that i also un until i was reading through stuff today did not know that one of my favorite lines in this movie is from something else it's from oscar wilde's the importance of being earnest when he goes the suspense is terrible i hope it'll last I hope it'll last <laughs> i had no idea that that was from something i just i for me that was from this movie you know like his little quips are always my favorite like when he's talking yes. about loompa land and yes. the, the kid's mom she's like there's no such place and he's like she's like i'm a teacher of geography oh so you know all about it yeah yeah that's what i'm saying man that's what makes the movie for me is willy wonka and that if you took everything else away from the charlie and the chocolate factory movie Johnny Depp is a poor substitute for Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. Yes. He yes. played Willy Wonka as this neurotic weirdo. And yes, there yes. is a little bit of neurotic weirdo in Gene Wilder Which too. Is, that's just Johnny Depp, man. Don't yes. get me wrong. I love Pirates of the Caribbean and I think Johnny Depp is a great actor in general, but like that's most of his characters. They're either neurotic yep, weirdos yep, yep. Or neurotic cool guys. Like because it was the same reason why I hated Alice in Wonderland. Like I did not like yep. what he did with Mad Hatter. It's the same character. It's the same yeah. character. Basically the same character. A different hat, different makeup, some less false teeth. Le Barely different hat. The only thing that saved that movie for me was <laughs> Anne Hathaway. As as usually does. Anne Hathaway saves another film. Thank you. Thank you, Anne Hath Anne Hathaway. We're gonna really quick just now, give, it up, Hathaway, give it up for her. Do you mean do you mean the actress or do you mean Shakespeare's wife? So in the epilogues portion of tonight's show, <laughs> well, um, was his wife was True his wife story. named Anne Hathaway? I didn't know that. His wife's name was Anne Hathaway. Wow, yeah. that's Just kind kidding. of awesome. Wow, well that's like uh, uh, Roald Dahl's wife was named Kate Upton. That's crazy. Yeah. it's the wildest thing. It's wild. She changed her name to Kate Dahl. Kate Dahl. It didn't. It didn't roll off the tongue. It as didn't well. quite work as well. All right, so epilogues. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. I don't care. Gene Wilder has passed away. And I don't think anyone else could could handle this role like Gene Wilder did. So and you don't have to make a sequel right now. You can make it after the Okay, they 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 did get the rights for Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. What happens in that movie? And it and it gets made in 1974. Uh, in 1974? I'd say Gene because uh, this movie comes out in '71. I think you probably need about a three-year turnaround on a pretty big production like this. I don't think I don't think Gene Wilder would have done a sequel. 
I don't. I don't think even you if don't they, think so. I don't think you would. Where the focus becomes on Charlie and yes. Will, uh, and Wonka has unfortunately like passed away. No, no, and... no. That's too dark. That's too dark. Unless you make it a okay, joke. Okay. Well, he has Wonka... gone off on another adventure to find more I mean, stuff. Like yes, at the end of the know. movie, that's right. He just says, "I can't do this forever." He doesn't say like when I'm dead because he even says like right then, yeah. you, you and your family can move in like today. So I think it's more of just like he's gonna, you know. He's gonna call it good, and that's his that's his thing. So he could totally leave and go do something else. I, I think if if it was made and Gene Wilder was available, um, you do put the focus on Charlie and his family. Um, you have him learning the ins and outs of the factory. He gets in all kinds of hijinks as he's trying to take over this factory. Because the story would basically be you've got a little kid running a giant factory. Because Wonka is off, like Lindsay said, he's exploring somewhere. He only cameos at the end of the movie. In fact, there may be a part. Yeah early in the movie where he calls or something and they have a conversation and Charlie's like I don't know if I can do this um, Wonka comes back at the end very funny he's got some kind of new little person that he's enslaved maybe they're blue this time I don't know oh no God. Um, I think importantly during the film Charlie's grandfather has to pass away that has to yeah. be that has to be the heart wrenching yeah. moment. Deal with. Yes, and that's when yeah, that's he great. that's when he finds the strength to overcome these obstacles and um, run the factory at maximum efficiency. And by the end of it, he's got his own little suit, and you call it a day. It's a very easy sequel to write. Um, I don't think you could catch the magic again like you did in the first one, but I think it would have been an entertaining film if if done the right way. And you can kind of go on from there. You can have different movies where, you know, at the next film in part three, now he's got to deal with a rival candy maker. Maybe it's uh, Hershey. Maybe John Hershey moves in <laughs> and and he has to go up against him. Moves in. He moves in next door. <laughs> in that empty candy factory. They were wondering who was going to take Who's that over. Right? move into that place. And he calls it the Hershey <laughs> Highway. And it's just a <laughs> highway. It's beautiful. That so that's my pitch. It focuses on Charlie. Willy Wonka does make an appearance at the end, but it's all about Charlie kind of growing up, accepting responsibility, and dealing with this insane place that he has inherited. Um, maybe there's yeah. even a there's a revolt by the Oompa Loompas, and there's a whole <laughs> yeah. They unionize. They unionize. <laughs> that, that I'd, I'd laugh at that. What about what about you, Hunter? Willy Wonka and the strike bust. Um. <laughs> he invents a new candy that uh, takes away their rights. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, he invented the Supreme Court? Oh, <laughs> That's anyway. what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's definitely a joke about scabs in here that I can't figure it out. Anyway. The gummy scabs. Mmm. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on. I gotta go change the jo- uh, name, and then I gotta go throw up. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, someone just told him about a Serbian film. So... I'll blame him. <laughs> no. So, to me, uh, like like you said, I agree with with everything you said for the most part. Like it's it's a movie that doesn't need a sequel, even though it feels like it needs a sequel. Right? It feels like it leaves off at a weird part. It's a movie that I I don't think Gene Wilder would have done, and I don't think even if he would have done, he should have been in more than just like as a cameo. Because yeah. if he takes over the whole thing, then then it's it's no good. Right. Um. Here's what I'm thinking though, because I don't want to pitch the exact same movie you pitched. We don't follow Charlie at all. The sequel's not about Charlie because this movie is called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. All right. Charlie's got the chocolate factory. It's his now. So Willy Wonka does leave. 
What does he go do? That's what I want to know about. If he's going to do a sequel, I think Gene's only going to do a sequel if he can play that character, but in a totally different scenario. Because keeping him in the factory makes no sense. He's been through it. He's done it. He's, he's given it all away. Um, I want to see... And I assume some of this is going to happen in the in this like prequel thing that they're making with Chalamet and all that. I want to see him, instead of go to there for the first time, I want to see him go back to the country the Oompa Loompas are from and like do something there. It's, you it's just want to see a Snaz Wangler. Whoa, it is whoa, whoa. That, and hey, a Wang Doodle. You keep hey. that toilet language <laughs> it's all toilet elsewhere. <laughs> it's, I, I want to see Willy Wonka basically as Indiana Jones, but with candy. That's that's what I want. It's it's him in the jungle. It's him discovering like new things, like new new people and new foods, and like probably starting a business there, gentrifying the entire rainforest. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think that's the thing. You're not wrong in that him being in a second movie and it's about the factory makes no freaking sense. And there's definitely a story to be told of like, how does Charlie, you know, take it and, and make it his own and become, you know, is he, does he become like, like Wonka or is he kind of his own guy? And what yeah. happens as he grows up? But I think that's like two or three movies down the line In an ideal world for me, the second movie is just another really Wonka movie, but it's him doing other things. And Gene gets convinced to come back. And then years later, when they do what they're doing now, that story's about Charlie. That movie shouldn't be about Wonka at all. It should be about Charlie figuring out what to do with his factory. That's more interesting. As an adult or still as a kid? Uh, um, the, the framing device of the movie is him as an adult recounting the times, like looking back on, on how he got there. And so maybe explain it to his kids. Between yeah, or, or, you know, to an unseen, you know, like, he's just kind of telling the story almost like he's giving a report, and then at the end it comes to find out he's actually giving a tour, and he's getting it. He says, you know, okay, yeah. come on in. We've got, uh, it's it's something to the effect of, uh, what does he say? The We've got uh, so much time, so little to do, and you see him turn around and do the scratch that, reverse it, and then <laughs> go on. Yeah, that's, right. that's the movie now. The sequel I really want to see back then is what does Willy Wonka do after this movie? Yeah. Not so much Charlie. Does he take an Oompa Loompa with him as his short round? Uh, well, he has to, right? Because he he got them all out, he says. He got them all out of their country. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Okay, I'm of two minds of this. Number one, I think he should take one with him because that's interesting. He needs a sidekick, and that's a good way of doing it. Plus, we haven't seen them do or say anything that hasn't been in song, um, so that'd be great. Uh, but at the same time, what if he finds that there are more? Is it then more interesting to have one with him that's like, you got us out, man. You got to help these guys too. Or for him to have to do it. Yeah, I think one way or another. Yeah, he's got to take one with him. Okay. Yeah, I think so. It'd and he's played and, that way. And, and he's played by Richard Pryor. There oh. it is. <laughs> now oh. we got it. That'd be pretty good. Got to keep the Oompa Loompa's <laughs> F words to a minimum. Right. His name, the Oompa Loompa's name is like MF. And what does the MF stand for? He's my friend. My friend. All right, Lindsay. <laughs> what about you? What do you think about these characters after the fact? 
Well, immediately after the fact, I think they'd have to convince Charlie's mother that, yes, he is getting a chocolate factory, and no, this isn't just some weird scheme for this weird man to hang out with her son. We're handing <laughs> over an entire conglomerate to a child. To your young child. Yes. Hey, and then, hey, this uh, is the worst I... time to bring it up, but why didn't he take his mom? Instead of Grandpa? Because why didn't he take Grandpa Joe? Because he... Because he confides in him more he's old man he ain't got much time left he wants to show him <laughs> you sure well, he I think a bell the, the original in that, that i'm pretty sure part of that story that was it was that like he had worked in the factory at one point before they got all replaced by oompa loompas oh, okay. oh so the so movie, i think, he took I think their that dibs. part is actually still there in that movie, he, or in the movie, he tells that story. Grandpa Joe tells that story about, uh, he's the one that gives all the exposition about, like, oh, uh, you know, Wonka used to have his doors open, but then spies showed up and he closed them and nothing yeah. happened. So I guess the book version is, like, he knows because all this. Because that's part of what there. they had put into the newer one, and I think that was actually from you. the book. But again, having never know. read it, I don't have proof. I don't know. I'm sorry. That, um, that makes sense. Then, also, Mom was the only one making any money in the household. She can't go she on can't. a day-long trip with her kid. Yeah. Or like they yeah. can't have you know split pea soup that night. Right. What What is she gonna no. do? She's gonna not go work at the factory for thirteen hours a day so they can have you know so goddamn chocolate water. for the rest of their life. She's not gonna go push around clothes in a wash bin. For 13 <laughs> oh, hours. oh, that's what she does. Thirteen hours. Yeah. And then She's her laundress. and then her husband comes home and says, "My wife," and everybody laughs. <laughs> no, he's he's dead. Remember? Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> Okay. No, maybe the ghost. But so, so that's where I'm going with this. Though we go to the factory, he's starting to learn the ropes, and then let's say, okay, Wonka goes off and does his thing, and then things just start happening in the factory, and it's being haunted by the ghosts of the kids who actually did die, and all the other Oompa Loompas that they did the oh, experiments shit. on. <laughs> it's that's the Winchester Mansion, but it's for Charlie Bucket. Yeah, and, yes. it's, and it's candy. It's the, buc it's yeah. the Bucket Mansion, it's the and weirdly not starring Tanner. And the reason it comes down to that is I think back specifically to Violet where she turns into the giant blueberry and he's like, they all turn into blueberries. So there's Oompa Loompas that have been experimenting on as well. Yes. I think um, they come back to kill Charlie Bucket and all of his family <laughs> and it's called, the movie's called uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory 2 The Bucket List. Oh shit! <laughs> That's it. I think. That's it. I think. Sew it up. You could sew it up. You could legitimately do a movie called like the Revenge of Veruca Salt or something because <laughs> that was just a cool name to me. I legitimately Veruca well, Salt, Veruca Salt I mean, was always had, one of my favorite. They were a they, band name. The, a band took her name. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Up. Apparently, Veruca, by the way, is an actual thing. It's a wart on the bottom of a foot. That's disgusting. Well, I so. don't like the name nearly as much now. That'd be like <laughs> they called her like Boil Salt. You know, Gross. disgusting. <laughs> anyway, it's true. That's gonna do that's it for happened. us here tonight. The balcony is closed, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back <laughs> next week. Who we got on tap for next week? All right. So for nostalgic November, actually, I can lay out almost the entire month for you at this okay. point. So you're you're hearing this episode right at the beginning of November here. Um, next week on November eighth, we have Asa Gray joining us for the first time on the first time, yeah. To talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original, the 1990 film. It's still the uh, best. So that's live action. Yes, yeah, exactly. still the best. Uh, on, on Wednesday, November 15th, Jesse Kimball joins us also for the first time on Extras and Epilogues. Yeah. It's nostalgic November, so it's old films, but new friends. Um, well, still and old Jesse friends, is coming but... in. 
Well, they're also old friends, but new guests. <laughs> new guests. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Jesse's coming in to talk about. I mean, just take a guess. What do you think Jesse's coming in to talk about? A goofy Halo. movie. It's a goofy movie. Right. Halo. So I'm it's a goofy right. movie. So which... let me let me get let you guys in on a little secret here. I will not be attending that episode. Lindsay will be filling in. I'll for do me. it. Yep, I know. Yeah. Um, I am a resident I've Disney said this before. Well, I, so I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again. I've not seen all of these movies, but I will always watch the movie, even if I've seen it a million times before we sit down to watch it. I have never seen a Goofy movie. Oh, it's you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Two it's, weeks uh, from now, I will be sitting down to, to watch that. <laughs> uh, and then the most recently added one on the week of Thanksgiving on Wednesday, November 22nd, Tanner. And, and, and I say this uh, specifically because it was not my idea. It was Tanner's idea. He tags me in the group a while ago and he says, uh, do you have an open spot still on extras and epilogues in November? I said, yeah. And he goes, you want to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark? And I said, Tanner, I you that. know, I yeah. always want to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally no question about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, I assume that that was a big movie for his childhood. We did not talk further about it. I don't know if he's trying to throw me a bone because uh, to let you know a little secret in advance. I didn't see that movie until 2007. Yeah. So <laughs> it is nostalgic for me, but more like 15 years recent nostalgia right. than it is, you know, when I was a kid. But anyway, that's that's the plan. And then raising battles. <laughs> see, I would have too, but I don't know if he saw it when he was younger. Um, Fair enough. And and so that's what we have on tap right now. We do still have one remaining date that has not been filled. Wednesday, November 29th. Damn it, that's we already did Ghostbusters. Ah, right, um, right, yeah. We've we talked well, about so, this so a couple times. We talked about Tombstone. Go ahead. A few times. Ooh, that would be good. Tombstone you know, would we be could bring good in one. Kaz. Kaz hasn't done one with us since Dog Soldiers, and we got to get that taste out of his we mouth. we got to get that taste yeah. out of Kaz's mouth. That's real bad. That's real bad. Yeah. And that would be a good one for all of us because we're all quite nostalgic about that movie. So. Well, it would be great if we could get Kevin Shankelberg for that one. Oh, shit. How yes, great would, would that be? How great would that be? I Kevin's think when we plan the show on the show, the listeners are loving this <laughs> they show. They love this. <laughs> this is, we're, we, you said the balcony was closed. Behind but then they the scenes. The back yeah, well, it's look to see what was happening. It's almost like they're there with us planning the show out. They don't right. have any influence, but, you no, know. Or input at all. Speaking of influence, <laughs> we'll talk about this off the air, but that Silent Hill game. Oh, what a joke. Mm. What a joke. Also, Ascendant. shout out. To Zane Laney, I appreciate always. your kid dressed up as Godzilla. That was awesome. Always, always a shout out to Zane Laney. Zane Laney is 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 good people. He's one of the best. Uh, but anyway, the balcony is closed. We'll see you guys tomorrow for After Dark. It's back to After Dark. We'll we'll have a fun nostalgic top five list for myself, for Hunter, and for Lindsay. A good night. That sounded shitty, Hunter. You say it. Well, should we do something from the film, Shannon, don't you think? Sure. Perhaps, like, I don't know, uh, you know, candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. <laughs>